Hey, 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 you're listening to the Strong and Capable Podcast with Bridgette Heller, where we talk about radical motivation, life's ups and downs, and all the victories that come with it. Hey, you, I just want you to know that this episode is sponsored by the Coming Home to Yourself program, Strong and Capable, 10 Weeks is going to be off the hook, amazing guests. Only $500 for the 10 weeks, all Zoom, online, video with me once a week, every week. We're going to have an amazing time. And at the end of the day, you're going to be more at home with yourself than you've ever been, which will allow you to do all the things you've always wanted to do. So girl, come join me. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Strong and Capable. I'm so excited. We have Cheryl Cardell from the Fight Like a Mother podcast here with us today. She's an amazing parent coach and a mother of five, and I can't wait for her to introduce herself. Well, thank you for having me. I am happy to be here, and um, I will just introduce myself by way of kind of sharing what I do. So a few years ago, I had the opportunity to teach some um, motherhood retreats to groups of moms and the teaching and the connecting with those moms and things, it just lit me up and I loved it so much. But that opportunity kind of fell by the wayside after a few, after a couple of years. And I've just been looking for something similar that just, you know, I love to do things that just light me up and help me feel Um, empowered and energized. And so I started an Instagram account to encourage moms, strengthen families. Um, It's been almost, I can't remember if it's two or three, probably three years ago. Um, And it was just kind of a hobby for a while. And um, then we started to have some challenges with some of our kids and it led me to the direction that I'm in now. And that is, uh, advocating and educating about mental health. Um, And so I have a podcast, I do parent coaching, I'm going to have a a membership group in 2021. Um, And I'm a mom of five very different, unique personalities. They're ages 10 to 21. So we run the gamut and um, been married for 24 years to my awesome husband, Dave. And that's kind of us, me, I guess. I love it. I love it. I love that you're genuine and that you just put it out there because the subjects you're talking about are not the easy ones, right? They're not the easy ones to talk about. And I love the title fight like a mama, like, you know, like that, just like get in there, fight like a mother, get in there. And I don't know, because there's so many like mama bear necklaces and mother strong and like all these things. And so I just like how they're all all great. And as I was looking for a, um, name for my podcast as I was thinking about it this name just came to me and I was like I don't know I don't know if I like a mother that might be more sassy (laughs) than I want to go but when I'm fighting for my kids and advocating for my kids I that's who I am I become really strong and firm and assertive and I think as moms we can all relate to that when we're fighting for our kids yeah it's a different part of you that emerges it's just like strong like oh no these are my babies yeah (laughs) 100%. So, so that's where uh, I came from. 
I love it. I really do. That was probably the first thing when I ran into you that struck me was that name, Fight Like a Mother. Like, yes, I can, I want to know this person. I want to know what she's about and what she's teaching. I really, really love that. But, um, okay, so we're talking about a journey that you had as we do. And yeah. this is one when we're talking about how your podcast came to be and kind of where you were at in the stage of life wasn't probably your favorite stage or best stage. So tell us a little bit about before the podcast started, where were you in life? Well, I was in a deep pit (laughs) Um, due to some circumstances that had happened in our family and my kids, I had kids that were really struggling and um, I've had issues with postpartum depression in the past. I've discovered in the last couple of years that I've had anxiety probably my whole life and didn't realize it. And I was just in a really dark place and didn't feel like I could get out. I would send my kids off to school and I'd climb back in bed for a lot of the day. Um, I didn't feel like me anymore. And, um, It was a really hard place to be and I did not know how to get out of that. And so I had this inspiration and these thoughts. I mean, it wasn't all day, every day that I was in that pit. So I would have these thoughts and inspiration that I needed to start this podcast. And I knew the subject matter that it was going to be educating and advocating for mental health for parents with kids with mental health challenges, because there's not a whole lot of that out there. And I knew that I needed to do it, but I did not know how I, it felt impossible to do. So that's where I was when um, I was receiving this inspiration to start something. How in the world am I going to do that? Yeah, you yeah, know, that's such an interesting spot because when you're in a depression anxiety, I also battle anxiety and have had postpartum depression and different types of depression, grew up with seasonal depression, mm-hmm. or they call it sad. But um So I've been in these places and when you're being inspired on one hand to do something, your heart is being called to this thing, but then you can't get out of bed. That is a really, it's it's like your emotions are being thrown back and forth and you're in this whirlwind and that alone is draining. That part of it. And, and I think sometimes there's some guilt involved because Mm -hmm. you look at this thing that you're feeling so inspired to do. I mean, over and over and over again, I was just feeling this and um, how am I supposed to do this? And so there was some guilt involved as well with, well, I can't do that. So there must be something wrong with me. When in reality, finally, when I was willing to go get some help and the therapist said, you have depression and anxiety. It was a relief to me. I know I can do something about this. I don't have to feel like this. And that was a relief and a blessing to me to have somebody say that to me because it made me realize that I can get some help with this. And there is available, there are people out there that are available to help. Mm -hmm. I had a, a similar bout probably two years ago was my last major, major bout of depression. And I went to counseling and I got on medicine. And I remember when the medicine started kicking in and I started being, feeling relief. I was like, oh my gosh, what was I living in? How was I? I was living in a really dark place. Yeah. It was like this cloud was lifted. It was such a relief. It was such a relief. So yeah. you're in this dark place. You go to counseling and she gives you this kind of diagnosis. Here's where you're at. 
So mm -hmm. what did you do from there? How did you get out of that place then? Well, it took a team, you know, it took uh, dear friends who were willing to say, you know, how can I help? And can I come to your dishes? And um, things like that. And my husband is, was a great support and help. And it just took this team of supporters to give me a hand up and teach me how to climb out of the, that pit. I have a good friend who she's been through this. She's had a suicide attempt. She's been through so much and she's like, I get it. Like, it's almost like she climbed in the pet pit with me and was like, okay, here's where you step. Here's where you step. And so I think that it was that team. And then I also, um, had people that would say, you know, my dearest friend that I've been friends with literally since birth, we've, we've known each other since we were born. Um, she was like, I'll be your editor. I'll figure this out. You need to do this. And she just encouraged me and she's not my editor. She has her own big challenges to deal with. <laughs> but just the fact that she was like, hey, how can we do this? Let's get this. And another friend who messaged me on Instagram. I don't even know her very well. And she was like, okay, here's some ideas on how to make podcasting easier. And that was the catalyst. And my husband said, I'm going to take over the editing, the technical aspect. Let's do this. So I think it was a team of people that were inspired to say certain things, to reach out, to, you know, pull, pull me by the hand and get me out of that, that pit. That's really interesting. And it just, and what would you say timeline wise, just because when you talk about mental health and struggles, like I was thinking when I was in that deep depression, I was talking about, it was probably six months of, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And then the climb out actually wasn't that long. It was like two or three months. And all of a sudden my life is in a different place. Yeah. And was that, do you find the same? Did it get worse for a long time? And then when you started to heal, it was like, once that light comes into your life, it, yeah. It I mean, I would say, I would say the depression, um, feeling like I was in the pit, it was, it was probably a year. Mm. And I would say the the climbing out was, was less than that. Um, you know, I also have a friend who's, um, really knowledgeable about herbs and supplements and things like that. And it was like, your body's depleted. We need to we need to help your physical body out so that your mental health can be better. And that helps significantly too. So I would say probably six months of climbing out. So I got the idea for the podcast probably a year and a half before I actually went live with the podcast. So, you know, it took a while to get there. And, and I think that there was a lot of fear too, because the, the technology part of the podcast was scaring me to death. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And the talking to people and the interviewing and all of that didn't intimidate me, didn't intimidate me nearly as much as the technology part. So to have somebody reach out and say, I'm going to take this over for you. It was my husband, which he's awesome. So it's funny because as you're talking, it, our journeys are so similar in a lot of ways. I don't usually share a lot about myself when I'm interviewing someone, but when I was going to start this podcast, I was not planning on starting a podcast and I got challenged to by a podcaster named Kathy Heller. And when she challenged, I was like angry. My resistance to it was so strong. Like 
I hit this wall of, I literally was stomping around my house like a two-year-old. I'm not joking. And I went to my husband. I was like, I am not doing a podcast. This is stupid. It is not my calling in life. I don't believe it. I don't know why she would ask this of me. I was really angry. And he questioned, he said, Bridget, a podcast is the perfect way for you to reach the people that you're, you want to reach, that you feel called to reach. And as soon as he questioned it, it was like my heart opened just enough that mm -hmm. all of the good came in and it, all of a sudden I'm getting ideas for who I should reach out to and who I need to talk to and what the premise is going to be. It was like my heart was cracked just a little bit and all this amazing, amazing things came in. And so like I wasn't in a depression, but I was very not open to it. And it was part technology, but more it's because I'm an, actually an introvert. And so reaching out to people for me is the hard spot. So it's interesting. Technology stopped you. I don't know technology. I, I know I don't, but I just, I make my son help me. <laughs> YouTube's a great resource, right? Yeah. Right. teach you anything. Yep. But it was, I was having my own resistance. So I think it's interesting. I think when you're being called to something big, like you have been, there's always this wave of resistance before. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And um, I think that fear stops us so often. Um, it's that doubt in ourselves. It's that who would want to listen to me? It's that imposter syndrome we get. And all of that comes from the adversary. All of that fear and doubt, because God wants us to step out and speak up. And he wants us to fulfill his mission that he has for us. And not everybody's is a podcast. Not everybody's is being on social media. I have a dear friend who her mission is writing thank you notes to people. She writes hundreds every month. She writes them to the grocery store clerk and she writes them to the crossing guard for her kid's school. And she writes them and she's made a humongous difference in probably thousands of people's lives at this point. She's not on social media much. Writing thank you notes is her way and I think all of us have a way that we can reach people. And if we're willing to say yes and make, take that step, it's really fulfilling. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, so beautiful. So beautiful. So you struck on something that keeps popping into my head and that's that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So when you started your podcast, were you having imposter syndrome? Was oh, that a thing? <laughs> I think everybody has that when, right? when you step out of your comfort zone. I think whether that is... Going to the gym, which the first time I went to the gym, I was like, I don't belong here. You know what I mean? And I think it's that feeling of, I don't belong here. This is for other people. That's that imposter syndrome. Or people are going to think I'm a fraud or I don't have the background or, you know, there's all sorts of ways that are the adversary tries to convince us that we shouldn't go down that road. And that's imposter syndrome. And it's, because we're not an imposter. We are children of God who have a mission to fulfill. And it's all, everybody's is different. And I so agree. And I think the phrase, you know, fake it till you make it. You hear that uh -huh. a lot. I actually don't, I always say, I don't believe in that phrase. Because I think if you're doing it, you're doing it. You're not faking it. You're actually you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So you're not pretending mm -hmm. at this point. You took the step. You did the things and now you're doing it. You're not a faker. You're not an imposter. Right. You're you doing you. And it's yeah. beautiful. It is. You it know? Is. And I think it's just taking those small, sometimes they're tiny baby steps. You know, it, um, 
the, the podcast started with me just writing down subjects that I wanted to cover. And then it was guests that I wanted to interview. And I, I, then I started to figure, why not shoot for the stars and ask people who, I don't know if they'll say yes, but they can't say yes if I don't ask them. Mm-hmm. And then it's, I mean, I just think once you take a step into that darkness of the unknown, then the inspiration comes then it, you get this flood of, I can do this. And that courage comes when you take that step. Yep. I'm singing Elsa in my head. You say <laughs> into the unknown, I'm, into it's, the unknown. Right. <laughs> I can't help myself. She's in me. <laughs> but, but really, truly, like <laughs> really, truly, when you go into the unknown, the whole world can open up to you. It can open up. And guess what? The majority of those people that I've asked have said yes. I've had one hard no that just, I don't have time right now. I'm sorry. Another one was like, hey, call me next, middle of next year. I'm really crazy till about May. Call me then. Um, I think that we limit ourselves so much. And, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the I'm not a therapist. Mm -hmm. I'm not claiming to be. I'm not playing one on a podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I have learned a lot. I'm a parent of kids with mental health challenges. And I know that this information is really needed out Mm -hmm. in the world right now. Because so many kids who've never dealt with mental health challenges are dealing with it during the pandemic. During the pandemic, so it's so timely. And I think as moms, you know, we've talked about kids and mental health behind the scenes a little bit. And I know as a mom, that's been a thing, a theme, because like you said, so many kids, especially during the pandemic, are dealing with mental health even more. And the pandemic's been interesting for me as someone with anxiety, because as people have dealt with it for the first time, I'm like, Oh, not everybody's feeling that way. I thought we were all feeling anxiety, but so it's been interesting. You guys are, you're welcome to my world. It's really intense here. But, um, but you know, as parents dealing with it yourself is one thing, but then as dealing with it as a parent to your child who you cannot just give them the magic fix and it's heartbreaking and it's emotional and it's intense. And I know as a mom, I haven't always handled things right. And then I have to go back and figure out how to like, okay, how do I, how do I work through this now? Because I messed up over here and now we've got to fix it over here. You know, so it's been interesting. I've long, long joked. It's not if your kids need therapy, it's just what type, really truly. (laughs) What type? Don't beat yourself up because they're all going to need therapy. We're all doing our best and none of us are perfect. We're all, uh, we're all going to mess up as moms. We Mm -hmm. all are. And that's part of the job. It's part of the learning process. It's part of the refining. The, the parenthood journey is more for us than our kids. I really believe that, that, you know, it's about refining us and, and, you know, revealing to us our strengths and our weaknesses and we're going to mess up and it's okay. It's okay that we mess up that we don't, because guess what? I hadn't had kids with mental health challenges before and I made a lot of mistakes and I still am making a lot of mistakes and, it's just going to happen. We're human. Mm-hmm. We're beginners at a lot of things in parenthood, every stage and age and every child is different, right? Oh my gosh. So different. 
I know none of mine are the same. In fact, one of mine was um, telling me all the things that I have not done right as a parent this week. I have teenagers, so that happens. <laughs> I told her, I already know. You don't have to tell me. It's fine. Let's move on from this. But yeah, you're going to make mistakes and it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I figured the five ages of my kids combined is 88 years. And I figure that's how many years I have in parenting expertise because um, they're all so different. It's not just, I've been a mom, you know, my oldest is 21. No, you add all those ages up and that's how many years of experience you have because every child and their experiences are so different. So I love that by now, but I'm not now, but we do need what you have learned in your 88 years. Because again, with the teenagers, I remember when I had my first teen and I would go in the room and we're not, we're no longer talking about the puppy and if it got enough food or water or whatever. We're talking about things they saw at school or experiences they had. And I, one night after talking to one of my kids and it was really intense, I told my husband, I said, man, having teenagers, it's like I go in to tuck them in and I think I'm having a nice moment here. And instead bombs get dropped on me. <laughs> It's a, this is a lot. So I just really, really appreciate what you're doing because no one talks about the teenager years yeah. in a way that's helpful and needed and especially well, with mental health. Because, it's tough because you want to give your teens privacy, mm -hmm. right? We don't need to be airing all their challenges out online. I mean, it's one thing when your two-year-old throws a temper tantrum. Now I'm kind of opposed to filming our temper tantrum two-year-olds and posting it because I think they deserve their privacy too but you know their their temper tantrum over the, not getting the blue cup is really different than um, really serious mental health challenges so I think there's a fine line in sharing because my kids deserve their privacy but I also want other parents to know they're not alone yeah um, that we're all dealing with some rough stuff I mean we are right in the trenches in our at our house with I have I have three teenagers right now, a young adult son, and then a 10-year-old. So we're in the trenches, and we are dealing with lots of challenging stuff and lots of stuff where I'm like, I have no idea. I have no clue what to do here. So you just keep showing up. You just keep showing up. And, I, and what you've created is a safe space because for people to not feel alone. Because I remember what you're talking about. The first time I went to share something about one of my kids and it was really intense. Mm -hmm. And I realized as the words were starting to come out of my mouth that this, they were too old to share this anymore. This is their private life. And if I share, this would affect their reputation. It would affect yeah. how people viewed them. And that wasn't fair to them because yeah. they're learning and growing and battling in a whole new way. But so while I realized that it was so lonely. And so to have a community of people that are in that same stage and learning together and growing together and, and accepting, that's just so powerful. I mean, yeah. because I know for me, I was like, I am alone. I can no longer, well, you know. And when we start dealing with it, I mean, how do you find a therapist? Mm -hmm. How do you find a psychiatrist? How do you find all these resources that you absolutely desperately need? How do you find that? Because mm -hmm. there's still a stigma out there of reaching out for help with mental health. And so I had a mom reach, ask the other day, how do I go about finding a therapist? And I got on my stories and I said, why can't we post, does anyone have a great teenage therapist or therapist for teenagers? We ask for pediatrician advice for who does your hair. Why is it so wrong to reach out for advice for, you know, to get a great therapist? Mm -hmm. 
I'm, that's one of my purposes is to break that stigma of opening it up and talking about it because um, I have shared some specific things about my son and he's given me permission. I always ask if I'm going to share something specific. I can share general things all day long, but if it's something, a specific circumstance or diagnosis or something like that, I always ask and get permission. So I think that's important to remember too, that our kids deserve our, that respect from us saying, hey, do you mind if I share this? I agree 100%. You know, uh, Cheryl, you, you don't probably know this, but My Strong and Capable originally two years ago started um, under the hashtag now what? And that mm. was actually my Instagram handle and I thought going to be my website because when I first started the Strong and Capable, it was all about mental health and, and normalizing taking away that stigma of mental health. And exactly my original very first baby version of all this was to create a place where people could find counselors, where people could, because I had had so many intense mental health experiences with people in my life where, yeah, we're talking about borderline personality disorder and we're talking about suicide and we're talking about real things that were happening. And we would look around, me and my sisters at each other and say, oh, we don't know what to do. And there's no one to ask. And where right. do you find these things? <laughs> you know, so we, it was, now what? We would look at each other and say, well, now what? <laughs> and so that's actually where the Strong and Capable first started. But, you know, as all things, it's been a journey. Yes. And, yes. and I'm in a different place now and it's fine. But uh, mental health still very much is a passion of mine because it has been very prevalent in my world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and I think if we really started talking to most people, it's prevalent in everyone's world, mm -hmm. whether it's you yourself or your child or a family member or a close friend or a neighbor or a church member, everyone has a connection to it if they look around. People may think, oh, well, I don't have that connection. If you look around and if you really got to know somebody, your next door neighbor might be dealing with bipolar disorder but she's actually doing pretty well right now because she's got good therapy and medication and things like that. But if you really had a chat with her, you might find out some things. So that if we really got to know people's hearts, we would realize that most everybody is dealing with it in a closely connected way. Yeah. And it's, it's a deep, intense um, hurt sometimes that comes from that path to getting healthy. Like you said, going from the dark place to getting healthy is not an easy path to walk. No. It takes real strength to get from one to the next, to find your way to a new version of yourself again, right? Because I think we're constantly rediscovering ourselves and finding yeah. our way home. Well, um, and I would really encourage people that if you are in that place or your spouse or your child is in that darkness, please reach out. Mm -hmm. Reach out to somebody that you trust. Reach out. You can reach out to me online. You can reach out. Um, that's really the only way I got out of that pit was accepting help, realizing I needed it and asking for it. And um, so I think that we're worried about what people will think, but you know, people that you can trust, reach out to those people that you can trust. And even if they don't know, they might have the energy and strength to say, you know what, I don't know of a great therapist, but I can try and find one for you. Because mm -hmm. I remember having zero energy or motivation to even make that phone mm -hmm. call. And so reach out to somebody who they may not have the answer, but they might be willing to search for it. Yeah, and you know, it's you just hit on something too, as far as the energy. I know from myself and having kids with, 
like we're talking about teenagers with mental health because all teenagers have mental health that they I mean, you're a teenager. There's a lot of mental health happening when you're a teenager, but being in a depression myself and then having teenagers that are going through their own things, you have to get in a healthy place or you can't even help your teenagers. It, and so it starts with us. Yeah, it, it really does. Or because, um, yeah, I was not in a good place. And so I didn't see some of the things that were going on and realize. And so once I got healthier, then I'm in a much more capable place of helping, yeah. helping them. So, yeah, that's um, what I found for me too. So since starting the podcast and pulling out of this depression and this whole journey, how do you feel like life looking back on it? Where do you feel like you are now? What is the gift of now? If You know, the gift of now is I can actually look back at myself a year ago you know, year and a half ago with a lot of compassion. Mm. Um, I didn't realize what I was going through, even though I was learning about my kids' mental health challenges, it didn't dawn on me that, oh, you're depressed. Mm -hmm. You have anxiety. Um, so we do better when we know better. And I think that instead of beating ourselves up for the past of when we didn't know better, just to frame it with a lot of compassion, um, I also um, have felt more fulfilled than I have in years with doing the podcast. Um, and it forces me to read and to learn and to talk to people. And those were all things that I wasn't doing when I was depressed and getting outside of myself and outside of those thoughts in my head. Um, it's been really empowering. Um, so I think that, you know, getting, getting out and it's helped me overcome the shame of all those days that I laid in bed and couldn't get out of bed. Um, it's helped me overcome that shame because I was doing the best I could. I wasn't lazy. I wasn't flaky. I wasn't, I was depressed and anxious. Mm -hmm. And just as if I'd had cancer for that year and a half and needed a nap every day, my brain was sick. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the now is a lot of empathy for people who are going through that. Um, I'm actually grateful for it because I can feel a whole lot more empathy than I did before. Um, and I think just the fulfillment that has come from stepping out into that darkness, taking that courageous step, making that step. So that is that is beautiful and i think you you talked about empathy i know i have learned in my own life that empathy is something that doesn't exist when you're in that dark space the same way no because no. you you can't feel it you are so unhealthy you are so and, and it's so dark around you that i actually found the opposite of empathy when i was in that place i would look at people and go well, what's your problem? You don't have it that bad. Yeah, it was mean. I was a mean-hearted person. Well, I think you're very self-centered mm -hmm. because you're, you're in survival mode. Yep. Your brain is doing, that's what our brain does when it feels like a threat is it goes into survival mode and it's, there's nothing wrong with us mm -hmm. for not being able to look outside of ourselves. It's that our brain is trying to keep us alive and focus on the here and now and focus on me. And so, but I'm so grateful that now I can feel that empathy and mm -hmm. 
can reach out and, and help people. So, yeah, that's what I found is now that the empathy is there, it's almost like a relief. I'm like, Oh, I'm not broken. I'm mm -hmm. not broken, mm -hmm. you know, or I have been broken, but I'm healed again. And those yeah. pieces are more beautiful now. Like you said, I appreciate them more because I was pretty sure I, I remember looking around a room and being like, everyone's crying and I'm not, man, I don't even know if I care. <laughs> Well, see, I was the opposite. I was crying all the time. So, you know, it's, it's different. It hits people differently. And so, yeah, it's, it's a challenge for sure. So I love that. I love that. Okay. So, um, you already gave some advice, you know, if people are stuck, find someone, reach out to someone, even I found, even if you Google once I, when I was starting now, what I reached out to a counselor, I said, how do I find a good counselor? And she said, you Google, you make sure you understand what the letters behind their name mean. And then she said, email them and ask about them, read their bios because not everyone's going to be a fit for you. She yeah. said, and then if you go to a session and it's not a fit, you move on. She and you know what? Counselors don't care. Yes. They want you to find somebody that you can connect mm -hmm. with. I mean, with my son, it took five counselors before we found the right one. Yeah. And that was okay because teenagers are challenging to find the right fit. Mm -hmm. um, once we did, it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, read the reviews of mm -hmm. what people say. Um, ask a friend who you trust. Mm -hmm. Hey, have you ever gone to therapy? Have you found somebody? Um, and just because your friend recommends them, if you try it out and it's not a good fit, it's okay still to be like, it wasn't the right fit. Because I had that happen once where I tried and it was a horrible fit and I felt bad telling my friends. <laughs> It wasn't good, but at the end, it wasn't good. And you have to find the right fit or you won't get healthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, other advice is don't be ashamed of what you're going through. Um, the more we verbalize it and talk about it, the less that stigma sticks around and the less shame we have around it. And if people really know, I would say the majority of people want to help they may not know how but at least they can be aware mm -hmm. and i think it's okay to tell how if you know how you need help it's okay to say this is actually the help i need that's one yeah. of the things again after many bouts of depression anxiety i was able to say to my husband actually what i need from you right now is this i know it seems like i might need a or b but i actually need the c over here this is what will help me and I've learned that through time and counseling and tools yes. and, yes. you know, it takes time. It, until you're self-aware enough of what you actually need and you get the help that you need to figure that out, you may not know. You may mm -hmm. think sleeping in your bed is what you need when really what I wanted was, a, was I, what I needed was a walk outside in the sunshine. Yeah. And so um, you have to be willing to explore the different things that you need and be willing to say, I need a therapist. I need to talk yep. to somebody. Yep. And have there be no shame in that because there isn't. No shame. No shame in, you know, looking at your whole health too, because every part affects it. Like you said, mm -hmm. vitamins can affect it, exercise can affect it. But not usually one is the answer to all of it. It's usually no. tiny pieces from every bit of it. Mm -hmm. You know. So that's one of the things I'm really passionate about too. It's let's look at our whole self, whole mm -hmm. health here. Um, yes, I love it, love it. Okay, so for those listening who I'm sure have teenagers and are thinking, hmm, I need to listen more to Cheryl here, how do they find you? 
Well, you can listen to the Fight Like a Mother podcast on every major platform, um, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can even ask Alexa to play Fight Like a Mother <laughs> podcast and it, she will play it for you. Um, I'm also on Instagram under my name, Cheryl Cardall. Um, and I have a website, fightlikeamotherpodcast.com that you can listen to the podcast from. I have some resources. I'm working on getting more resources. My goal is to have a list. Well, I don't know if I need a list of therapists because it's so individual and local. So, um, but there's are some um, resources listed on like teen anxiety and depression and ADHD and, you know, some of those uh, mental health challenges. So you can go and find some articles and good resources for that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for sharing your story and for doing the work you do because I just, it's so. Hey, both Cheryl and I just want to end this podcast acknowledging something very important that both of us have been in a deep depression state at some point in our lives. And both of us have fought an intense battle to come out of it. And it didn't happen alone. It happened with help. It happened with support. It happened in my case with medicine. It happened with counseling. And that if you are in that place, we encourage you to seek that support. And we want you to know that we ourselves still struggle at times. But the beauty of it is we're able to see the goodness and the beauty of life, the roses and daisies that are out there for us to grab. We're able to see it now. And that is a gift that is so precious to us, but that is not perfect. And there are days of struggle. And it's just important that you know that. And you know that we're not perfect. We don't think we are. And it's okay if you're not either. Love you all. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Strong and Capable, hosted by me, Rochette Heller. If you loved it, please share it. Go ahead, subscribe it, like it, comment on it. We're going to do giveaways. We're going to do all the things. But you can also find more information about The Strong and Capable at www.thestrongandcapable.com, on Instagram, The Strong and Capable, and on Facebook. Currently, we're Now What? That was our original name. We'll switch it up. But we also have a community, the Strong and Capable community on Facebook, and that's a lot more interactive. So go find us there. Be involved. It's a whole community where we're growing and cheering each other on. See you there.